You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a Diet Rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are, how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't want to miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. It's so good to see some of you guys who have already posted questions. Those are popping up already now. So for you guys who are just joining, we are welcoming a very, very special guest today. So those of you who don't know me, my name is Kiki. I am the founder of Eat More to Weigh Less. I am a strength and conditioning coach, a fitness nutritionist, and I love all things muscle metabolism. And today, we have a very special guest from the Comp Clinic, my friend Elena. And I think by the end of this call, you guys are going to love her as much as I do. So Elena, I want to give you a chance to, I do see a lot of people coming on already. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do over at the Comp Clinic. Yeah. So like Kiki said, my name is Elena. Um, I'm a registered dietitian and I work at the Comp Clinic and my office is based in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and so what we do is a lot of metabolism work. Um, so we primarily focus on correcting metabolism and we do so by using two tests. So we use a metabolic test and we use a body composition analysis, both of which help guide us to figure out how your body's correcting and how your body's functioning. Um, so that's my current position. Before this, I was working at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, and so I've been a dietitian for about going on six years now. And same kind of passion as Kiki. I'm all about food and muscle and metabolism and being the healthiest you can be. So you were over in my neck of the woods. I didn't know that. So I'm not in Virginia yeah. Beach. So you were a little <laughs> bit closer to me uh, before than you are now. Oh, so nice. you guys, Elena and I clicked, like we talked for like 30 seconds and we we're like, oh my gosh, we love all the same things. So that's why I said you guys are going to love her. So we're going to talk a little bit about metabolism since that's the thing that we love and measuring your metabolism since that is what Elena specializes in because that is a question that we get a lot. So just thinking about the clinic in general, what are the top reasons that people are coming in to comp clinic usually? Yeah, so of course, um, overall health, but the big pull is this whole metabolic cart that we do. So we use, like I was saying, two tests, a metabolic cart and then a body composition analysis. And so the metabolic machine that measures a ratio of your carbon dioxide out versus your oxygen in to measure how many calories your body is burning at rest. The other part that it tells us is actually what your body is breaking down for that fuel. So is it utilizing your carbohydrates or protein, which it shouldn't be, or fat, and at what percentages? And so that's a really big pull. So we get a lot of different people. We get athletes. We get people for weight management. We get people with eating disorders. We get people with just overall health. And they're really curious to know what's going on internally, what's going on under the skin, and to know a little bit more than just stepping on a scale. So really they're focusing on how they can improve their whole picture instead of just some number for a box that you step on. <laughs> yes, I love that. So like I always like to say, you know, you need to know what lies beneath. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's what you guys do is you guys just really help people to see that because that's one of 
the biggest issues that we face, you know, at Eat More to Weigh Less, because a lot of times we are, you know, because you, what you guys are doing right there in the clinic, in the trenches, you know, we're doing online. So we're kind of introducing this stuff to people and they're like, okay, great, cool. I'll start eating more. And then they start eating more and then they're like, wait, all these things are happening. Is this right? And I'm pretty sure that it's not right. I'm pretty sure that I'm gaining all fat, you know? And so there's all these things that are going on. And so we have to talk a lot about what lies beneath, but I love, love, love that you guys are able to show people like literally what's happening beneath the skin. So, you know, you kind of touched on people, you know, we chase this scale weight. You know, a lot of us have kind of this happy weight in our head that we were, whether it was like, when we were 15 or before we got pregnant or whatever it is, you know, we have this weight in our head that we're always trying to get back to like, what do you, can you speak a little bit about like, is there like a danger slippery slope to being glued to a specific number or thinking that we have to always be at a specific number with our weight? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we see the exact same thing you were just describing with people very obsessed with a particular weight or wanting to get, exactly like you said, back to whatever it might've been before. Um, and so I think that's really tricky because you were at a totally different point in your life at whatever time you're at that weight. You don't know what was going on. You don't even know, quite frankly, if your body was functioning the way it was supposed to be at that weight. It could have been, but we don't know. Um, and then, yeah, like post-pregnancy, you grew a child. <laughs> There's a totally different thing going on now, now that you're not pregnant anymore. And so one thing I like to tell my clients a lot and I challenge them to think about is stop trying to compare yourself to a weight that you were six years ago and instead try to think about where do I want to be in six years? Because I think far too often we want to be a weight that we were at when we were 19. But why don't you think about a weight you want to be at when you're 47 or whatever that may be? And so that is kind of a thing that I try to get people to refocus on, especially when it comes to being married to that certain ideal weight or whatever that may be. Yeah, I think that's to me, that's always the biggest trigger, you know, like word when it's back to because then mm -hmm. I'm like, how far back are we going? Are we going back? <laughs> kid number three, kid number one, like what, what is back to, and usually it's either a point, like maybe we had more or less muscle than we did now, you know, just like you said, different things were going on. So maybe at that point, things weren't running as smoothly as they could be. And that's a big part of what you guys do is helping people to get to a point where things are running smoothly. And if you've never been there, it's really hard to know what that looks like. And I think that's where it starts to hurt us a little bit because we don't know what it looks like to have a healthy whole, you know, running metabolism. We just know what it looks like to have a lower scale weight number and to not have a lower scale weight number. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. society says the lower scale weight number wins. We're just like, okay, that must be the way, you know, whether it's from BMI or whatever. Do you guys run, actually speaking of BMI, do you guys run into that at all where people are like, I have to because this is what my BMI says I need to be, you know, as far as weight numbers. All the time. Um, people get so hooked on the BMI charts and I always tell them, you know, do you know where they came from, by the way? Life insurance companies. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say that we need to stop focusing on this BMI, right? Like, BMI is, it doesn't take into account your lean mass. It doesn't take into account so much that's going on. And you're literally looking online for a weight that you should be. 
How's that supposed to tell you where you're supposed to be as a person when you're Googling the weight that you're supposed to be at? That just leads to all of these unrealistic expectations. Then, of course, you're going to feel bad if you fall outside of that normal range. Yeah, that's crazy because everybody's different. So to tell everyone at a certain weight that they're healthy, like everybody that's 150 and within this, you know, height requirement, <laughs> it's fine. And it's like, you have athletes who have tons of muscle. You have, you know, I'd see somebody else here just said, oh, snap. I don't know if you can see Rachel <laughs> Perry. She's like, oh, snap. That's right. I hadn't even thought about how my body has changed internally after my babies and all that crazy dieting. So, and then she says, shut up. Seriously. <laughs> about me and my, so this is, you guys, I told you. Elena's here to blow your mind. So that's, <laughs> that's why we got her on here. So, okay. <laughs> BMI aside, because I think I could kind of harp on that a little bit all day because I have a uh -huh. lot of people who deal with that, whether it's, you know, like I said, they go in, you know, cause I have clients that are literally scared to go into the doctor's office for just like a checkup or a cough or something like that. So like, I'm going to be weighed and they're going to look at that chart and they're going to tell me <laughs> that I need to lose weight, you know? And they go in and then they end up with like high blood pressure and all this other stuff because of the fact that they were so stressed out before they walked in. <laughs> they were stressed out just from walking into the doctor's office. So, you know, I think not only that, but when we get caught up in, so like, you know, Rachel here is talking about how she was dealing with trying to get back to like pre-baby body weight and all that stuff, you know, and depending on how young we were when we had our babies, I think some of us can get a very unrealistic number stuck in our heads. So, you know, and one of the things that I know that we see and you guys see is where people are trying to get to that number, they start gaining after a while, you know, they can't even get back down to that weight. but even worse, they're gaining, but still thinking that that's the right weight for them in their head. So, you know, to me, I feel like that's very disordered. You know, and I know you guys specialize in eating disorders at the clinic as well. So, you know, but I feel like there's a lot of people find it hard to believe that they have any type of eating disorder. Like if they don't look the part, like if I don't have the side effect of being skinny, then I don't have any disorder. Like yeah. do you do you deal with that or like. I know you guys have like, a, is it overweight anorexic is what you call oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we get tons of people, we say eating disorders or really disordered eating comes in all shapes and sizes because it's not what you're picturing in your head right now, right? So disordered eating can be anywhere from, you know, someone told me that I'm not allowed to uh, have anything that's high fat because, you know, you can't eat full fat dairy or I can't eat carbs. Like I have some people that tell me that they love bread, but they haven't eaten bread in years because they can't. You know, things like that and creating those rigid rules around food that have been kind of shaped by what we learn, you know, sometimes in the media from other people doing all these different diets. Um, and then also on that other aspect, I see a lot of people that ha still have this mindset that they have to exercise to burn off everything that they've done or, you know, we get in this trend like, oh, I can have a piece of cake because I deserve it. I worked out today. Whereas you can have a piece of cake any day, right? Like you, <laughs> you will have to earn it by going on a bike ride or going to some hit class or something. And I'm not knocking exercise, but that's kind of where we get that disordered pattern of thinking that you can and can't have certain foods and you're only allowed certain foods after certain things. And that's really where that kind of line is drawn. But yes, you don't have to fit the stereotype 
for it to be a quote-unquote eating disorder. Yeah, exactly. And, and really <laughs> the way that a lot of people go about that, because even that in and of itself is like a binge purge type mentality to say mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to eat this and then I need to burn it off. So maybe you're not purging in the way that you saw it on your after school special, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're not still trying to purge those calories in some way. So it really is a, that's the mentality side of this that we don't realize because there's stuff going on up here when we're under eating that we tend to dismiss. So a lot of people are like, they're loving what you're saying. I wish you could see some of these comments kind of <laughs> on the screen for you. So uh, Leanne Crowder said, I don't, I didn't think about that. I keep comparing my lowest weight after dieting post baby 10 years ago when I was 21. So yeah, I think you're blowing a lot of people's mind with that. Just thinking about the post-pregnancy weight. Cause yeah. we're like, the kids like 15 were like, I gotta get to my pre baby body. Yeah. Oh, and it's interesting that you say 21 because, you know, especially for women, your bone density isn't even fully formed till your mid 20s. So that's even still growing, even though you feel like you're a fully grown adult, you still had bone density to form, which of course is going to translate to weight on a scale. So yeah, perfect example there. You know, and that really that you hit it on the head, like you think you're a full grown adult. And I think that is that trigger where that trigger number comes from for a lot of us. It was a point in our life that we thought we were an adult, but we weren't really, you know, just like yeah, eight, <laughs> whether it was we turned 18 or whatever, you know, in high school. And, you know, a lot of times it's easy. You look back at pictures of yourself in high school and you're like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was so grown up. But you weren't. <laughs> But yet we still want that number from high school or whatever that was to I know. You know, still follow us around for the rest of our lives. And we really think that we should. So Beverly Riley said the sad part is that a lot of doctors still preach low carb, low fat diets and extreme cardio. And I, I know I get that across the board. I get a lot of clients that they come in and I'm like, all right, we're going to take your calories to here. We're going to start lifting, cut down on some of this cardio and yeah, like two weeks later, they come back and they're like, what well, my doctor said. And I'm like, you know, if your doctor's treating your cough, I'm not going to, we're not going to debate on this, but <laughs> this is my area of expertise. <laughs> so let's just try to move forward with this. So I want to ask you that. I'm going to throw that question at you. So if someone comes to you, let's say 30 pounds overweight, you know, they've yo-yo dieted for over a decade, maybe two, who knows, you know. And now they're at that point where they've plateaued they're or they're gaining weight, um, but they're maybe they're eating less calories. You know what I mean? So they're eating like 900 calories, 1100 calories, 1200 calories, which we know 1200 is like the be all end all in our industry. <laughs> what is that general suggestion from comp? Like, where do you start with a person like that at the clinic? So, well, we typically increase calories. So, um, Usually, I mean, well, let me say this. No one needs only 1,200 calories. I've never to this day seen anyone that needs 1,200 calories. So regardless of how much weight, whether or not you're 30, like you said, 75 pounds, 100 pounds overweight, we're still going to need to increase your calories. And the reason is because we have to improve that metabolic rate in order to get your body functioning better for you, right? right. Um and so one thing that I kind of learned recently that's really interesting is that, you know, you have like your logical brain and then you've got your caveman brain, which is kind of your primal instincts and how your body responds to being underfed, which is what a lot of like Kiki's working on. Right. And um, that caveman brain 
is blind to what's currently on your person. So your logical brain is telling you, okay, if I restrict my calories, my body is just going to go and burn the extra fat that I have on my person, right? It doesn't actually think that way. It's focusing right there in the here and now. And let's say you really need to be eating 2000 calories and you're eating 1200, your body is going to compensate by storing fat, regardless of what your body currently looks like. So regardless, we have to increase your calories. We have to improve that metabolic rate. And I know that that's what we talk about all the time. Yes, you may gain weight during that process, but that's part of it. And that's how we're going to kind of correct this to stop this constant pendulum of yo-yo dieting. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love that you pointed out, like, there's a wide variety of where how overweight you can be. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's just for the person that's like five or 10 pounds overweight, right? Or let me just lose this weight first, and then I'll heal my metabolism. And it's like, yeah. you, you will reach that point, that fork in the road, or hit that brick wall, where you can't, you are trying everything possible, you are lowering your calories more and more and more. And the situation is getting worse and worse and worse. You know, you're not just hungry, but nothing else is happening. You don't have any energy for these, you know, massive workouts that you're piling on or whatever that is. So it's really important that you do pay attention to that, that this applies whether you're 10 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever overweight. If you've done been on that yo-yo roller coaster for that long and, you know, and I'm what I say is that the longer you are on it, the longer it takes to heal. I don't know if that's what you guys have found. Yeah. Like how, what's the longest that you've seen? Years. Someone have to heal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> years and years. I mean, uh, I think a lot of times people think that when I say a long time, they're like, oh, all right, you know, four or five months. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes it takes three months just to correct your metabolism and then six months to just be there and then even more time to get back to, you know, working on some of that lean mass and other things. I mean, it takes a long time and exactly what you just said, Kiki, like if you've had a really long time of yo-yo dieting, let's say that's been 15 years, you can't expect that to correct in just nine months or something. Yeah, exactly. And that's really the biggest part of the process that I've seen is that, the longer someone has been on that yo-yo, A, they're kind of addicted to it by that point. That's just part of their life because you've yeah. done it for so long. But then they, we also bring that, those promised linear results. I won't say they were actually were linear, but we bring those promised linear results from dieting, like, okay, <laughs> lose five pounds in five days or whatever. And then we bring that over into this process. And it's like, okay, so how, exactly how long <laughs> and how long <laughs> and when will I lose? And we want, we have that quick fix mentality, even with this, you know, and it's, okay, we give diets five, 10, 20 years, but then we give eating more like five weeks. <laughs> We're like, this isn't yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. This isn't working. I'm out. You know, and I don't know if you guys see that, but that's how fast it happens. A lot of time with us is yeah. that trigger happens that soon. You're like, yeah, this isn't working. And it's like, neither was dieting, but you kept doing that. <laughs> All the time. We see that all the time, right? And oh, absolutely. <laughs> so definitely. Okay, I'm going to look at some of the questions here. Uh, Emma says that she's found that cardio is part of the trigger cycle for her for binge eating. Uh, that focusing on strength training doesn't trigger that same cycle in her. She feels a little free from it. So I think for some people that might be the case if you're the person that like ran. 10 miles after Thanksgiving mm -hmm. or whatever. So I think that is true for a lot of people. 
Uh, and Rachel said, that's what's so upsetting. They're telling our kids that too. I think she's talking about the doctor's office. Yeah. Telling them that they have to be a certain amount. Uh, and Laura also asked, why is it that medical practitioners are not talking about this? Uh, that's, it's, it's a different scope of practice. I mean, I don't, what's your opinion on that? So, and I can say this, my husband's a doctor, so I can say this. Um, <laughs> they really don't get a lot of training in nutrition. Exactly. I mean, you know, Kiki and I have spent our lives focusing on this being our specialty. And a medical doctor is a medical doctor. They're focused right. on a lot of other wonderful things. Um, but I think what happens is, and, and you, you know, we're kind of starting to see it now, but you know, first it was the low fat craze and then it took like 30 years and then we realized like, Oh no, maybe we shouldn't do low fat. And then same with carbs. Right. And I think that's starting to happen with this whole eat more trend, right. Is yeah. we all thought like, all right, calories in calories out, let's decrease our calories and keep doing that. And then, you know, in America, it takes a long time for things to catch up. So I think we're kind of on that upward swing of it being like, all right, Maybe that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so to answer her question, I just don't think they've been educated on it yet. I mean, they're still using textbooks that say the calories in, calories out, um, which is unfortunate, but I do think it will start to catch up to speed because especially some of the doctors that do care a lot about nutrition, they're seeing themselves like, wait a second, I'm recommending this and it's not working. So yeah. something's got to be wrong here. So yeah. I think it's changing. Yeah. So that's the, that's the exact same perspective that I have on it. It's just like, you know, the same way, like I'm, I'm not trained in neurosurgery or anything else in that matter. No. They're not trained in nutrition and it's okay. You know? And sometimes I think we forget that because I have had people that will have a whole conversation and they'll come back and they'll be like, well, my friend who is a, you know, brain surgeon and I were talking about this and he thought fill in the blank. And I'm like, I, I would never tell you that what they're doing with brain surgery is wrong because that's not my scope of practice but this mm -hmm. is what i do like this is what i went to school for this is what i studied so it's just a completely different ball game but i think we forget that we just kind of like a person with a label then that's fact especially if mentally that's the answer that we're looking for so that's the thing that we have to think of too is a lot of times we're just looking for that confirmation bias for whatever it is that we're already thinking. So mm -hmm. uh, let me see a couple more comments. Um, Beverly said, that is definitely the hardest mental issue for me, taking a long time to reset. So she's talking about resetting her metabolism. Uh, after two or so years, I still wonder if I'm there or not. Diet mentality has been knocking at my door the last couple of weeks. So it's, you gotta hang in there, Beverly. It is definitely harder than it seems. I think everybody's pretty excited. In the beginning, do you guys get that a lot where people come into the clinic and they're like, yeah, let's do this, fix my metabolism. And then like two weeks later or a month later, they're like, so is it fixed? <laughs> I don't, are yes. we good? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've put in enough time, we should be good. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to eat more. It's a hard process. It Just, really is. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to, and I mean, it's it can be kind of a chore to constantly be like, all right, what's in the kitchen? What am I gonna have for a snack? What am I going to do here? But you got to hang in there. Got to hang in there. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think we underestimate that when our metabolism has adjusted to meet the need of lower calories, that's why we're not hungry too. Because a lot for a lot of people, that's also the case is, well, I'm not hungry. So if I'm not hungry, 1100 calories, why am I going to eat 2200? Like that doesn't make sense to me that I would double it if 
I'm not hungry. Or, you know, obviously they will say the same thing about losing. If I'm not losing weight at 1100, why would I add another thousand to it? It doesn't yeah, make any yeah. sense. So, okay. So you mentioned low carb. Someone did ask, what do you think about low carb eating? Well, <laughs> you go let me, right ahead. <laughs> let me put it this way. Carbs are your body's best source of energy. They're your brain's best source of fuel. Your brain needs glucose to function. Um, I heard in a webinar that I was listening to the other day that your brain needs about 250 grams of carbohydrates just to function. Okay. So I don't expect you to know how many 250 comes out to, but that's about eight and a half slices of bread in a day just for your brain to function. <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't wanna um, knock a lot of things here, but I would say that you need carbs and yes. you should not restrict them. Yes, I'm all about the carbs, so. <laughs> Me too. I approve, I approve this message. <laughs> so yeah, it's and that's very hard. And just like you said, it's we just have these phases in the industry. So the same way, like, low fat, like it seemed like it took forever just for that to die down. And it's funny because keto is the opposite of that. So like something like keto is like, now we're high fat. And it's like, that just shows you the extremes that we flop through in this industry. And typically the extremes are your sign that it's probably shifted too much to one side or the other. Like if you're finding something that has a bit more moderation, it's probably gonna be more realistic and more sustainable which matters if it's not sustainable then that means it's a fad diet for you like regardless of what everyone else is saying if you can't stick with it then that is a fad diet for you so just yeah. analyze things yourself a little bit and i'm just happy to have another carb girl on here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't take away my carbs I just said I love my brain. I feed it carbs. <laughs> love it. Yay, Brad. So yeah, you got some fans here. They're happy about that. Uh, let's see. Sharon says she's a professional dieter since age 16. She's 55 now, not wanting to do insane diets anymore, tired of starving. If she has 50 plus pounds to lose, what should her carb ratio look like? So do you have a specific carb ratio? Or I know you guys do a lot of testing first, though, right, to see... We do. I don't really give a specific ratio for macros or really, I mean, what I really have people focus on is keeping their protein intake high enough because a lot of times people are not actually taking in enough protein. But one thing I actually say a lot to my clients is that if you're focusing on protein, the carbs and fat kind of fall in easily behind that. Um, and so, I mean... I'm laughing because like, I literally feel like I'm speaking through you right now. Like, I promise you we did not plan this. So funny. Oh my goodness. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah so laugh. I just, I don't really give a specific ratio. I think if you were to shake it out, it probably comes about out to the recommendations, like 40 to 60% carbohydrates. Um, but really I don't have people focus too much on it. Yeah. Just don't restrict them. <laughs> I agree. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to let Elena take over, you guys. I don't really need to be here now. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. So now speaking of the machines that you guys do have, right? So your machines tell like if a person is burning carbs or fat or protein for fuel, mm -hmm. uh, can you speak a little about to, uh, like, what does that mean? Like what, when you see that somebody is burning protein, for instance, like what does that mean in the grand scheme? 
Yeah, so that means that the body is starting to compensate for being underfed. So um, basically, your body should only be utilize, utilizing about 2 to 15% of your protein or your lean mass, we can call it. And if it's burning any more than that, so let's say your body is burning 23%, that's actually a good indicator that your body is not getting fed enough. And so what it's doing is kind of preparing for starvation by storing fat, bypassing using it actually, and breaking down your lean mass. And so what that's chipping into is things like your digestive enzymes, the tissue around your organs, your collagen, your connective tissues, and then, you know, eventually your muscle. Um, and so that, of course, we really don't want to see. And so a follow-up question I always get on that is like, oh, well, does that mean that I need to eat more protein? Partially, but it's also just total calories. So mm -hmm. you really just got to take in more in order for your body to correct that and stop utilizing that lean mass and, in fact, use fat the way that it should be. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, because even carbs are protein sparing, but if there's not enough of them there, then you can't stop burning the protein like your butt, you know, your muscles are metabolically active. So, you know, and I know that's one of the things like that's one of the main things you guys are looking for when you're seeing where somebody's metabolism, if it's increasing or not, right, as you're mm -hmm. watching their muscle mass, their lean mass, how much they have, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're trying to get them to like a certain amount before they like just chill at that place or how does that usually work? Yeah. So the metabolic test, of course, will tell us those things. And then the body composition, which is, you know, just like bioelectrical impedance. So sending a little weak current through the right side of your body. And so that will actually tell us in pounds how much muscle is on your person. And so, yes, that's the part that we're looking to see improve because that, of course, if it's coming up, that tells us that your metabolic rate is coming up and that your body is not breaking down your lean mass. And then once that starts to plateau, because your muscle is not just going to keep coming on and on and on and on, it eventually right. will start to plateau. That's how we know that your metabolic rate is probably corrected or at least a lot better than where it may have been before. Okay. All right. So I'm going to look and see if there's any more questions. I know we are, the time is flying by. I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. You guys, like, <laughs> you guys are all into this and we could probably do this all day. So let me see what, uh, 250 grams of carbs. Are there certain carbs to stay away from like processed foods? Do you have any? <laughs> That's always a slippery slope, right? I mean, so yeah, of course you want to be eating good, wholesome foods, right? I mean, but I also think that it's a little bit part of life that sometimes you're going to have some processed foods and that's okay. <laughs> um, so again, it's kind of this black and white thinking. We don't want to totally avoid everything, but we also don't want to like only eat processed carbs, yeah. right? Um, so I know yeah. that's kind of a non-answer, but you know. <laughs> perfect answer around, <laughs> it's a perfect answer around here because really, that's the way that it is there is no black and white you know and that's my thing is I'm always like you know you guys you got to find your own gray area and sit comfortably in it and be okay with that and typically when something is black or white all or nothing that's usually your sign that it's like okay is there something in between the two of these I know a lot of times it feels like like the strict rules are like easier than moderation, but moderation is more sustainable. So it really is about finding the way that you're gonna be able to stick with, because if you can't stick with it, then 
it's going to constantly be that up and down of like, oh, it always works when I fill in the blank do thing that I did 12 times now that I keep regaining the weight. Like it didn't work. If it came, if it keeps coming back, it didn't work. <laughs> so yes. I just think it's one of those things that we just don't, you know, we don't think about as far as how it, you know, relates to us. It's so, funny okay. that you say that because I feel like we do think it worked if it worked for a time. Yeah. But like you just said, if you gained it back, it didn't actually work. <laughs> it didn't work. We don't we don't think of things like that, but it's like this it's pretty common sense approach to it. And if we do that, then it really does uh, help. So Beverly says she's ready to go get all the tests. So she wants to go <laughs> and see you guys. Uh, Rochelle said, how do you know when your metabolism is healed? Is that pretty much what you were saying before? Like you're just watching that muscle mass to see if they're more. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me see if there are others. Oh my gosh, you guys are super talkative today. So Lenny, you might even have to hop back on here later and just like answer a couple people if so. Sure. Um, Cindy asked, what effect does alcohol have on the metabolism and weight loss? Um, I don't know if you guys have any. I don't have a strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a like, I don't know per se. I, yeah, I don't have a good answer for that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and are there any considerations, uh, special considerations for women who've been through menopause? Does any of this change? Not really. Really, when it comes to menopause, it does just come down to like your hormones being a little bit different. So it may mean that your body is going to take actually a little bit longer to correct. I don't know if you've noticed that, Kiki. But, mm -hmm. um, but in terms of recommendations of metabolism, it really is generally the same. It's just it can take longer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the way that I look at it is a lot of times, you know, and it's not, and this isn't poking at you, Cindy, but I know from experience with myself and with, <clears throat> excuse me, other clients, a lot of times we're looking for our own special snowflake factor. <laughs> so we're looking for that thing that makes it so that, okay, well, I don't have to do that or that doesn't apply to me. And again, I know it's not you, Cindy, because I know you personally and I know that you've actually gone through the reset process and all that. So I just really feel like that's something that we do have to be aware of is sometimes those are the things that we're using is we're so like we we're talking about earlier, whether you've lost five, you know, or gained five pounds or 50 pounds, we if we're 50, we're looking at the person with five and like, oh, well, that applies to them. And that doesn't apply to me. If we're five, we're like, I just need to lose these five pounds. That doesn't apply to me. So I think like either way, we kind of try to find our own personal loophole and, you know, and we want to live there because of the fact that, you know, we're convinced that the other stuff worked and then this doesn't give us that super quick, fast, visible result. So it's really hard. So that's why I love, love, love what you guys do. I see a lot of people asking about where you guys are because that's the best <laughs> part about it is you can show them. You know what I mean? Like they're coming in, they're like, I gain. And you're like, look, this is what you gained, you know? So yes, you gained 10 pounds, but none of it was muscle. It's okay. You know? And those types of things, I think you, you kind of need that reassurance along the way. So um, people are asking, can you come everywhere? How about a DC location? <laughs> like they want you guys. So you guys are, where are you located now? Just in Vermont, right? Well, so we're in Burlington, Vermont. Um, we also are in Stamford, Connecticut. Okay. And then we're just about to open a new facility in Gilbert, Arizona, which is right outside Phoenix. Um, 
And to Rachel, I think I see DC location. I'm from DC, so who knows one day. <laughs> I appreciate that too. And, and that would be awesome because I'm close enough to DC. I can make it work. I, oh, could also, yeah. I could also go to Vermont too. So for me, you guys are on the East Coast, so it's probably a little bit easier than the people that are Midwest and West Coast, but they are opening a location in Phoenix. Um, you guys will probably share some of that information when you are open or we can give, uh, I don't know if you have like a phone number or anything where they can call and set appointments if they're in Phoenix now, but we can add all of that to the post for you guys that mm -hmm. are wanting to figure out, you know, get, get there. If there's a location near you, get there. We're working on Nick and the rest of them to open up more locations at some point, <laughs> but this is how they're going to open them up. If we just start flooding these locations and showing them that like, we want this testing, we need this testing. You guys who have been doing this without any form of testing know how hard it is. And that's why this is something that is, you know, it's really, really critical to be able to get that. So Beverly said it sucks. It's taking longer. Jeanette said, come to Aragon. Rachel said, come on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly said, Nebraska is the center of U.S., just saying. And I just want you guys in the U.K. So there you go. Your list of <laughs> that you guys need to go to. So I guess just let us know right now, how can people hear more from Com Clinic? I mean, other than just go to the website. Yeah, go to our website, which is just thecomclinic.com. Um, I'm sure that'll be in the post. And so you can go to that. If you do have any like particular questions, you know, there's ways to contact us via that website. Um, yeah, I mean, we we are on social media. We are on Facebook. So you can uh, like our page on Facebook, things like that. We typically do some blog posts. But right now, that's what it is. And yeah, like Kiki said, we can keep opening locations but if there's anyone near you come on up we're happy to do your metabolic test florida i mean i, was, I don't know why i was <laughs> going to say florida i think i saw it in a comment yeah, um, a vermont is beautiful even in the winter it is unless you're from florida that might be <laughs> that might be harder but it is it's pretty and you guys we're going to this is not the last that you'll hear from elena trust me we're going to bring her back here. Those of you guys who are participating in the crushing the diet mentality workshop might be able to convince her to come on in there and pay you guys a visit and just do a little special session with you guys. So they're doing some really amazing things up there. I do hope you guys get a chance to go and look at the website, but really go back and rewatch this. Elena gave you guys some amazing, amazing, amazing information that even if you've been doing this five minutes, five years, sometimes it just helps to continue to rehear this information. And Elena, you guys share this with your people because I know the same thing. I know we get it on both sides that, you know, they come in for a 30 minute visit, they walk away and like the next day probably forgot all the encouragement <laughs> they left there with. So this information will be able to be for them as well. So Teresa said she'd love to hear more. Uh, Dana said, how long does it take and how often should you get it done? Do you have any advice for those who do want to take the trip to one of the locations? Oh yeah, so the Metabolic test itself only takes about 20 minutes, but the whole initial visit will be about an hour and a half. Um, and then, I mean, of course, if you were in the area, we'd like to see you regularly. But, you know, if you were traveling from far, we really only redo the metabolic test every three months or so. So, yeah, so it could be a trip. You just make it a quarterly thing. So if you guys are <laughs> anywhere near there, just just think about it. 
I would love to see you guys go there and be able to get this information in your hands and have something that you're working towards so that you know, because it can be very stressful when you don't know what lies beneath. So thank you, everybody. Thank for joining you. Us. Thank you, Elena. Uh, stick around. I'm going to end this broadcast. So we're going to say goodbye to you guys and then we're going <laughs> to chat it up. Somebody say hi from Fiji. All right, you guys. Thank you for joining. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmoretowayless.com slash start. See you next time.